Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we are here to talk to you about an epic book pick. It's literally epic. It's so long, but so good. You're making it sound scary. It's Why does it sound scary? We just have so much material to get through. Like We wrote out the outline and we're like, this is really long. A lot happens, but it's A good. A lot happens. It's really good, though. We loved this book. So today's book is Children of Blood and Bone, by Tomi Adeyemi. I've probably butchered her name, but um, we're excited to talk about it. But first, we're going to talk highs and lows. Yes. So, Becca, tell us, what was this week's high for you? Okay, so to tell you my high, I need to tell you my low first. So, doing Are you going to, are we flipping? Are we going to do lows first? No, I'm just going to tell you both of mine at once. Okay. So my low is that last week I like really worked myself into a stress spiral Yeah. with mostly with work. But then, you know, when you're like really stressed out and then like everything feels stressful. Yes, that's how I am right now. Yeah, me too. So even like the podcast, I was like, oh, and I have to I have to finish the book so that we can record the podcast. And like it just everything felt really insurmountable. Like I was finishing the book was stressful. It was like very long and we both left it to the last. I know. But I just like I felt like my to do list was like looming over my head. And I was it was making me so stressed, even though a lot of these things either were like fun things or like I didn't there weren't consequences if I didn't check off everything on my to do list. I was just getting really stressed that I had so much on my to do list. I hear that. So I got into like a really bad stress spiral and I was in a real, I'm in like a week long bad mood to be honest with you. Ooh. So. Well, we had fun on Friday. We did have fun on Friday. It's not my high, but. Yeah. We had fun. It was fun. So we went out to a comedy show and it was fun. Um, so. Back to my high. My high was that I had a really low-key weekend, and I feel like I somewhat emerged from my stress spiral. I was like, we were supposed to record the podcast on Sunday, but we rescheduled it to Monday, and I didn't leave my house on Saturday. It was raining all day. I just watched TV, slept in, I took a nap. Like I was feeling really, really good. So my high is that I had a low-key weekend that emerged me from my st- stress spiral. Back to my low is that today is Monday and my day was pretty crummy. So now I'm back in my bad mood. The first thing I did this morning was lock myself out of my apartment. Oh my God. That's the worst. So my low is just that I'm like stressing myself out. It's my fault, but. It happens. Yeah. I think that the worst stress is when you have like 25 little things that all add up. Yes. Because then you feel so out of control. If it's one big problem, you can like figure out how to handle it and like get over it pretty quickly when it's 25 things it's like it just all adds up and like ruins your life yes I also don't know I don't know how to like get out of it like maybe I just need a full day to do work and like check things off my shoe list so I feel more in control yeah or I don't know I don't know I would recommend maybe staying up late and doing like the the two things you're like dreading most yeah uh that's the worst Uh. Yeah. What is your high and your low? Well, since we're going in reverse order. You can go go in whatever order you want. My low is like a bunch of little things. The first one is like too many mailers. Like as a blogger, like influencer person, 
things just come in the mail. And I know this is like champagne problems because I loved mail before I was a blogger. Like mail, getting mail was my favorite thing. Now it's like, oh my God, now it's like usually like five to 10 boxes a day of things that I didn't ask for. Like usually with a lot of stuff that can't be recycled. So I feel bad about like my like carbon footprint. And I just like feel like I spend half my day opening boxes. So like today I, I can show you some of the nonsense that arrived, but it's just like so much stuff. I can't keep my apartment clean. The other thing is I just like have had so much going on that I haven't worked out in a week. So I feel like really anxious because I haven't gotten to yoga, haven't meditated, haven't done like any of my like good like self-care types of things. Are you in Headspace Andy on a break? We're taking a break. No, maybe tonight we'll get back together. We'll have some good old meditation time. That sounds weird. <laughs> sounds sexual. <laughs> that sounds really weird. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm in a weird place. So other than that, though, my high was I had a really fun week. Um, there's something is like happening with my family that I'm not allowed to talk about, but um, really good things happened. And I did a lot of fun things. I went to an awesome art show. I saw Justin Timberlake in concert. Becca and I went to a fun comedy show. And I had a really cool black tie event on Thursday, which was awesome. So like a lot going on, but also a lot of other things going on. And so I'm just like trying to balance it all. So we're a real pair today. We're just like both very stressed. Like total balls of anxiety. She came over and she's like, I had the worst week. And I'm like, I'm having a rough time too. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not pulling each other out of it. We're yeah. just adding to we're it. We're just adding to it, but it's uh, fine. Um, you know what would make me feel better? Would it be maybe like an iTunes review? Yes. That would cheer you up? Yes. Oh my God, an iTunes review would totally cheer me up. So, guys, leave us a rating and write, actually take the time to write a review. It please, will make it'll us feel cheer better. us up. We love you guys, but like there's a lot of you and you're not all leaving reviews. So, you need to go. And pause this podcast or don't pause it and just leave us a review. And if you've already done that, follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Join our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper Podcast on Facebook. Tell a friend. Yeah, do something nice for us. Put us us on your Instagram story. We love those. I always will at least give you a heart. But if I don't give you a heart, maybe I'll even share it to my story. Yeah, do more than heart. Yeah. I try. Okay. I'm very influential, Becca. I get a lot of DMs. Ooh, I roll. (laughs) Big eye roll. Eye roll. So that would make us feel better. It would. Do you want to talk about the book? Yeah. So guys, this is a lot to to download. So we're going to try and get through the summary like relatively quickly, but then we're going to talk about, talk about it. There's a lot to say. You know, what's so funny. I love that people listen to the podcast without reading the book. People are talking about it in the Facebook group that they don't actually read the books but they listen to the conversations anyway and they just go off of the plot summary so <laughs> if you read the book and you're like I roll like I already read this We're I don't doing need it a for plot the summary. fans we gotta go through yeah. the plot summary it's for your it's for your fellow listeners who didn't read the book yeah. but want to talk anyway it's like the equivalent of those book clubs like I don't know about you but I had a lot of book clubs when I was younger where like half of us read and would talk about it and half of us would just show up for the wine yeah so we're yeah. here for both of you. I've been both of those people. Me too. It depends on when I was in a book club, it depends. It depended what the book was. I was in this one book club where whenever it was one girl's turn to pick, she would always pick a Philippa Gregory novel. Oh, like the other Bowling girl? Uh, yeah, I think she wrote that. It's like 
historical bodice rippers. Yeah. Those aren't my favorite. No, me either. And so those I would just go and I would just not read the book and drink. Yeah. Anyway, back to this book. Anyway, so um, do you want to get us kick things off? Yes, I will. So Mostly because I want to hear how you pronounce the names. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. Zelly is a teenage girl in the country of Orisha, which was a country that was once full of magic. So the book is told by three different perspectives. Zelly, Amari, who is the princess, and Anan, who is the prince of Orisha. So 11 years ago, when Zelly was a girl, there was a purge on magic. All of the adults with magical powers were killed by the monarchy, but since kids don't come into their magical powers until they're 13, all of the children were spared. But they all lost their parents to the purge, and they still remember and are bitter. So Zelly and her family, her brother, which her family is now just her brother Zane and their father, are who ri- don't have magical powers. Yes, yeah, so they you don't can have be a magical. mixed family. Yes, exactly. Um, so Zelly's mother was killed, um, and so they are really poor. They can't keep up with their taxes. So magis are taxed extra because they're hated by the government. So Zelly goes to the capital of Lagos to sell this exotic sailfish that she caught. So she's totally minding her business when Amari who is the princess, escapes with a magical scroll. So just to back up to Amari's story, um, the king, who is Amari's father, is terrified of magic, as the magi had killed his whole family years and years ago, well before the raid. Um, His name is Saran, and Saran and his army get their hands on this scroll, which is a magical artifact that can actually bring magic back. Um, so when Amari's nanny, Binta, touches the scroll, it brings her powers back, and the king kills her on the spot. So Amari is running away with the scroll, and she runs into Zeli in the market. And Zeli helps her to escape, but they're chased down by the king's men and Prince Inan. So when they arrive back to their village, Mama Agba, who is Zeli's teacher, reveals herself as a magician. She was a great seer, and she eluded the raid and lived through it. So when she touches the scroll, she gets her magic back, and she tells Zeli that she has a vision of her, Zane, and Amari going on a quest to a historical temple and that they're going to restore magic to Orisha. So once they get to the temple, they discover the origins of magic and how they can restore it. They have to take three sacred magical objects to an island and perform a ritual on the solstice. Zeli is the only one who can restore magic. Um, And there's like less than a month to do all this. Yes. So meanwhile, Anan, who is the prince, is chasing them through Arisha to get his sister back because he thinks that she's been kidnapped. But he also has a secret. So back in Lagos, when he touched the scroll, he developed magical powers too. So he's terrified of his own powers and what his father, the king, will do if he finds out. So he's doing everything he can to hide his powers while he's on this manhunt. So then the crew now secures the final third magical object in this really bloody, gory, hunger game style fight that they have to, they win using Zelly's magic. So she has the powers over the dead and actually reincarnates them into this army of animations. Um, but they're on their way to complete the ritual when Inan tracks them down. Zelly's ready to fight and kill him, but as they battle, Amari and Zane are actually kidnapped by another group. So Inan and Zelly are forced to team up and put aside their differences to save their siblings. And they're waging this attack on the rival camp to break out their siblings. But halfway through this battle, 
both sides realize that they're all magi and that they're on the same side. And so when this other tribe hears of Zelly's quest to restore magic, their war actually turns into celebration. So they're having this big, amazing festival to celebrate magic. But in the middle of that festival, uh, King Saran comes with his men and there's more killing and a lot of the magi are murdered. So Zelly, during this war, is kidnapped and she's brought back to a palace and she's tortured. So Inan then helps Zelly to escape. And it's all this huge mess, but he ends up seeing magic being used in a major way. Um, there's someone called a cancer who can spread disease. There's um, someone called a burner who can send fire and like basically transform themselves into this fireball and kill everyone. And he's seeing all this violence and you know he really struggles. So it's this constant throughout the book where we see Inan wavering whether magic should or should not be allowed. He's really torn between his true self and then his sense of duty to his kingdom. So after... Inan and the crew break out Zelly. She's very weak and she's lost her magical powers, but she's determined to complete their quest and they only have about two days left. So they end up tracking down a group of mercenaries who have a ship who agree to take them to the secret island to perform the ceremony. And they sail out, but when they get to the island, the king and his troops have beat them there. So they manage to sneak their way to the temple, but Zelly still can't perform her magic. Inan and Saran show up with Zeli's father, Bava, as a hostage. So they tell her that if she gives them the artifacts, she can have her father back. So she gives them back. She Sorry, she gives them the artifacts, but they don't give him back. Um, they kill him anyway, and they burn the scroll. So Zeli channels the, fa- the power of her father and all of her ancestors to restore magic. But in the last scene, something there's a little bit of a twist which sets us up for book two, we see Amari developing new powers. And she wasn't magical before. Yes. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, so that kind of rounds it up. I think, like, we did skip over a few things, but this book is, like, such an epic saga. I think it's, like, 530 pages, so we did our best. Yeah. Well, wait, so before we actually talk about the the book itself, like, is this your genre? There's murder. Yeah. There's magic. When it comes to YA, like when we um, started talking about s- starting a YA podcast, this is the kind of books that I thought we were going to be reading. Like I love like an action thriller, like like a Hunger Games t- style kind of book. Oh, are you disappointed with our podcast? No, no. I learned. <laughs> I didn't realize like how expansive the YA genre was. Yeah. Like I didn't realize like books like, um, I don't know, like some of the like more tame books that we've read like um to all the boys we loved and stuff Mm -hmm. I thought that was I didn't know I just didn't classify that as YA in my head oh so this to me is like true YA this is your genre yeah like anything like sci-fi or like actiony fantasy I love oh interesting yeah this is totally not my genre I don't mind like paranormally stuff or like time travel stuff but I like something that's based in a current reality okay so like that's the basis for it like the discovery of witches which isn't YA yeah. like there's witches and there's vampires but it's you know it's set it's in like set a modern, modern day, day world that I understand or like the thousandth floor which that's also my genre of YA yeah I can even get on board with that like that's set in the future but like it's, it's 
it feels more relatable like in this world like yeah, it could yeah. be the world in 100 years there's no magic or like mythical creature or like yeah, yeah. or like um have you read the the chronos books no oh they're good um it, they're t- books about t- there's time travel in it but the basis is like this world okay so like oh i might I need to add those to my list they're really really good chronos okay but um i i did really like this book so it's not that this isn't what I would usually pick, but I did enjoy yeah. it. But it was making me think that, so there's so many people in our Facebook group who are really big fans of, have you read anything by Sarah J. Moss? No, but I got sent a bunch of her books. Oh my God. So I think it's my like My friend this. does her PR. I, I forget which one of our friends. Oh, I think it's like fantasy adventure action type yeah. situations. And people in our Facebook group are nuts for her. Yeah. I think we should read one of her and books. And also um, the Red Queen series too is another like fantasy yeah. action thing that I've heard a yeah. lot about. I haven't read those yet, but I really want to. Well, you read them first. You screen them because this is your mm-hmm. genre. It's my genre. You're in charge. I'll keep I reading cheesy love stories. I've been a bad reader lately though. Me too. Like I can't keep, even keep up with the podcast books, let alone my usual read. I know. Yeah. I know. We both really struggled with this one because it was so long. And we just didn't start we with didn't enough start time. It with enough I started time. it yesterday. Yeah, I started it, I think, on Thursday. Yeah. But then I had a very excitement-packed weekend and could not um, read. Yeah, so if you're feeling like you can't stay up to date with our reading, sometimes even we can't yeah, stay up to date with our reading. Yeah, sometimes we can't. So just to keep it real, guys, we struggled. But I'm curious what our listeners think of this book because this seems like a genre that we haven't dipped into we before. Haven't. And from our Facebook group, at least, it seems like something that, like, our listeners are really into. Agreed. Yeah. So come on over there and let's talk about it. Yes. So I loved this book. I actually, I loved how feminist it was, too. I know. I did, too. It was really interesting because it was set in a different world mm-hmm. that I, th- I think it's supposed to be Africa-esque. Yeah, I felt like we were, it was in Africa, just based on like the climate and the desert. And, right. Yeah. But it's certainly not modern day Africa. Definitely not. Yeah. And there's like mythical animals. So like I don't yeah. think it's like in this world quite either. No. But I loved how feminist it was. The culture, um, like in every army, there were also women. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mercenary troops, there were women. Like, Zelly is a fighter. She learned to fight with her staff. Yeah. Um, trained from, like, a very young age. Like, it And was, Inan's, like, caretaker or, like, kind of boss person was a woman. And yep. she was, like, in charge of him, basically. Yeah, I loved how feminist it was. Yeah. I, I feel like this would be, like, a very empowering cartoon movie for little oh girls. Oh, my God. I hope they make it a movie. Can't you see that? I mean, it would be scary. So I guess it wouldn't be for, like little little kids but like like a harry potter hunger yeah yeah i could see it being a really good movie and also it reminded me there's because there's the whole system of their gods yeah which is made up it's not like the greek gods or any belief system i i don't think that exists in real life i think it's all made up but it kind of reminded me of hercules which in my opinion is one of the most underrated disney movies i don't think i've seen hercules I don't know how we can continue oh recording this podcast. Do I have to like pause and watch it? I mean, first of all, Hercules has great songs in it. Okay. But second of all, Hercules is a hot cartoon. Ooh. Like he's sexy. Okay. I feel weird saying I that. I feel weird that you just call a Disney character sexy, but we're going to let that pass. I think that somebody is going to back me up on that. Well, let us know in the Facebook group, guys. Yeah. Do you think Hercules is sexy? Yes or no? <laughs> 
We'll make a poll on Instagram stories. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Um, but couldn't you see this as a as like a children's movie? Yes, absolutely. Like the epic quest. Yeah. 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 I feel like it would translate really well. Yeah. But wait, tell me, what did you think about the two main female characters, Zelly and Amari? You know, I, you know, I'm like notoriously a hater on like all the characters. I'm like, well, she was annoying. I yeah. loved them both. Me too. I thought Amari was really annoying in the beginning, like when she was like so pampered and like freaking out, but she really like showed her strength. And I, I love, I love Zelly the whole way through. Me too. I think that's why. I think they're good examples, but they're not annoying. Yeah, that's why I think it would be such an empowering we need to movie more fantasy for, here. for little girls because yeah. they're both like. Zelly is a trained fighter and she's her brother's with her on the quest but it's not because she needs his protection it's because he's like part of the vision and Amari is this princess who starts out feeling like this pampered little girl but then you know she really comes through and becomes this powerful woman by the end she kills her dad at the end I know she killed her dad well he didn't seem he wasn't great he wasn't pure evil but he certainly wasn't no, you can. Good. They did show like a few human sides to the dad. Like, yeah, like he lost his whole family. So, of course, he's terrified of magic. But there's other ways to go about it. You can maybe kill magic and not kill everyone. Well, it seemed like he had believed that they could coexist with magic. But then the magi had like killed everyone. So he seems to have think he thinks he was proven wrong. Yeah, exactly. He, like, gave it a chance, but it didn't work. So which power would you have wanted? Okay, so there's, I think there's, like, ten powers in the book. And honestly, they're all kind of crappy. Yeah. Like, so Zelia's power is that she has power over the dead and can reincarnate. She's a reaper. Yeah, she's a reaper. She can reincarnate dead bodies and, like, get them to do her bidding. Yeah, the burners, like, can spread fire, and with blood magic, they can, like, transform themselves into fire. There's welders who, like, have power over metal. Yeah, they can melt, like, doors down. There's winders. There's, like... There's healers. Healers. There's, like, water people. I think the scariest one is the cancer that can, like, spread disease. Yeah, like, why would you want that as a power? I think I I want to be a healer. Me too. So, well, two answers. Okay. So, in... In general, yes, I think being a healer would be the best power. But in this book, they're in like nine million wars. So if I like being a healer is like not useful to winning a war, it's only useful after the war. Yeah, that's so true. like maybe a fire person in the context of of fighting, because it seems like a pretty like killer be killed world. So yeah. I don't know how long you'd last as a healer unless yeah, you mean, had like a tribe. Yeah. I think I want to be a healer just because all the powers seemed really scary. Yeah, they really did. They were like, like really dark. They were really dark. And then in maybe non- a reaper. Well, wait. So then in Nan's power, so he was a connector, and he he had the most useless power. It was so useless. He could just like basically hear everyone's thoughts and get into their heads. He, yeah, he could like suck you into this dream world, but he yeah. like couldn't change any. He couldn't like he couldn't change your anything. mind or anything. He just like he could construct kill. like a really pretty vision and then like you were there with him yeah so like his power was super useless it was useless and I was like really trying to get through the book and I'd be like oh god they're in the dreamscape again like this is like worthless like I'm gonna just speed read this part yeah 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 he, he did dumb. kill somebody with his like mental magic though I actually have like oh yeah I remember when the blue stuff came out and he killed her yeah and I I was really unclear on like how, how exactly happened. he went from like my yeah. power is that I, like, 
control dreams to like I killed somebody. Oops, I killed someone. That was not well explained. That was maybe. weird. Yeah. Maybe we need to either reread that part or maybe someone can clarify that. Yeah. Or maybe it's a hole. Maybe. But yeah. I don't know. But Oof. it so the thing about so we not had a dump power, like we all agree. It was stupid. But the whole there's a whole theme throughout the book of Inan's struggle about whether he wants his power or not. And he's trying to hide his power because in Orisha, when you're a Magi, um, it manifests partly as like they all have white hair. Mm-hmm. So he has this white streak in his hair that dying. He, he keeps dying or he's wearing his helmet. He's like trying to hide it. Yeah. He like doesn't want his magic. He's like pushing it down and fighting against it. And I was like, I get that you have a dumb power, but like also like, what a dummy you are. I feel like yeah. Harry Potter and every other magical book has really taught me that you want magical powers if they're offered to you. You obviously want magic. I was so frustrated with him where he was, I I get why he didn't want his powers because his father was so against magic and he was afraid of his father. Yeah. But like, how cool would it be? You were like, oh, cool. Like, I have magic. My father's a dick. Like, I can overpower him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That whole part, I was just like, I got where he was coming from, but I was like, why do you feel that way, Inan? Yeah, I know. I agree. Embrace your magic. Yeah. Come on, Inan. Come on. Yeah. Magic's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it was interesting because there was like, in addition to him just like thinking about his own power, there was also a debate throughout the book about whether humans could handle magic or if it was like too destructive a power. Yeah. Did you... I mean, obviously the book was set up to make us like want to bring magic back, but like, how did you feel about that? Because magic definitely in this book had like a way darker side yeah. than in most other magical books I've read. I think, I don't know, it's hard to say because with, with like all of this power, like some people are going to take advantage of it and some people are going to be bad. But I think, I think that it should, it should be allowed. Yeah, I mean, if I was queen, I would allow it. <laughs> I'd maybe put some rules down, but I'd let them let them be magical. Yeah, it feels like the rub was coming in because of the oppression of the magical exactly. people that they were fighting back, rather than than that, like magic in and of itself is evil. Yeah, it was. It's interesting. Like if you think about anything, though, like technology is a great power, but it also has a huge downside to it. Where it's like, there's tons of things in our society in our life that you could kind of make the same argument about it of like should we have this is yeah. it is it a net positive or a net negative yeah totally yeah um, but it's also like who decides and it's like the the person who decided was the king who went about it by killing everyone yeah and that was maybe a little aggressive right just a touch just a touch yeah yeah but I think it should be allowed what about the love stories how did you feel about those so you know me you know that I always love a love story and here I did not actually think that the love story was very additive so there was like a crisscross love story where the two two royal siblings are kind of dating the two rebel siblings yeah and it was kind of weird yeah well I mean like Inan was like a jerk and he was kind of a weenie through the whole book too with his magic yeah I thought he was a wimp I was I did not find him attractive I know so him and Zelly have this like like we don't want to be in love but like we're we're so attracted to each other type situation and then Zane and Amari were in love but he kind of it was very like 
hetero I don't know the right way to say it but like he was like protecting her because she was weak yeah it was kind of gross I know I kind of just wanted the girls to like dominate and like be like screw boys and I think that that's kind of what the ending set us up for like I think Amari's gonna emerge as this really strong character in the second book yeah and I think that um I I mean I don't even know if Inan is alive at this point I think Anon is alive. I actually thought Zayn was going to die multiple times throughout the book. I did too. Book. I was like, he's totally going to die. Yeah, he seemed he expendable. Seemed like expendable. He, the book wasn't told through his perspective, so I was yeah. like, he could he could probably go. Yeah. I was really more about the non-love story, which is not yeah. my usual POV. Also, there was a kind of a crummy sex scene in here, too. It wasn't really a sex scene, though, was it? I think there they did have sex. They, no, they like had sex in the dreamscape. You think? I don't I think, think they had so. sex. Uh, she was like, we should stop. And she was like, but I want him to keep going. And I it felt was, like it was like he, she just wanted him to keep kissing her. Oh, it felt very wholesome to me. I read it as that they had sex in the dreamscape. I don't think they had sex. Somebody tell us if you yeah, think they please, had sex Maybe we can talk about this in the Facebook group, too. But I, if they did have sex, it was just like to me as if, the reader, if it that was is disappointing a sex scene, sex. that is the most disappointing sex scene of all time. Right. <laughs> Like, I was like... I know this book is technically for kids, but... I know. Well, I don't think it's for kids. It's definitely for, like, teenagers, if anything. It's for young adults like us. But as I was reading it, I was like, ooh, it's going to get steamy. And then I was like, oh. Nope. Disappointing. It was a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. Me, not on the side of a love story. I know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, what about the ending? I... I don't know. It's not even that I... that I don't know how to feel about it I'm like I'm not even positive what happened I don't know what happened like I said to you we were writing the outline I read it I was finishing it up this afternoon so I was like Becca I read really quickly and I I'm not sure I totally processed the entire ending but it sounds like you didn't quite process it either well I think it was just ambiguous because it was like she lost her magic and so the way that she restored magic was like she like freestyled and she called on her ancestors to help her restore her connection to the gods which is what restored magic in a way other than using her like powers and then it seemed like something unexpected happened where she ended up giving maybe she gave everyone magic as opposed to just select people yeah or maybe she gave the people who didn't have magic magic and now she doesn't have any yeah I, I don't quite know I don't know either but I was intrigued. Yeah. I was very intrigued. And when does book two come out? I want to say January. Yeah. I'm going to pre-order it. So it's a three book series. So now magic will be back in some capacity in the, yeah. the next ones. I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like if this had had a more concrete ending, I don't know that I would read the second one. Yeah. But because it ended in this like really ambiguous way I'm like well I have to know yeah I just gotta know like what's going on with Amari and did you there was that line where she's like and a bone like my I was chilled to the bones like it made you almost think like Amari was bad oh I didn't even think of that the way that it like set it up like I'm not gonna grab the book and read it but it made me think maybe Amari had done something that like really chilled oh I didn't I didn't get that but you could you could totally be right yeah Oh, interesting. Like, I'm really quite excited for a book, too. Yeah. I love 
Well, it's a love-hate thing. I love getting in at the beginning of a series because then you're like, you have something to look forward to. You're like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Because I always forget what happens in the first book, though, and then I have to reread it for the second one, and I get annoyed. Oh, I like that. Oh, I hate that. I just want to have, like, the whole series to read all at once. Oh, so you want to discover the series after the fact. Yeah, but I also like to be an early adapter, so I guess I'm never happy. I just think looking forward to the next book is, like, part of the thrill of, like, yeah. reading a great yeah. series. I will agree with that. Yeah. Oh. Remember when Harry Potter was like, you had to wait for the next one? I used to be one of those losers that like went to the bookstore at midnight to get the new book. No, I didn't read Harry Potter until a few years ago. So oh. I read it and all of them were out. I like had a thing against Harry Potter where I just, I thought they were for kids. And the first couple books actually yeah, are. Yeah, they were for kids. My mom used to like read them to my sisters. Uh, and I just thought the whole series was like that. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't really care. Yeah. And then I read it, and I was super, obviously super sucked in, and was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Sometimes I do that. I just, like, resist a trend. I do that, too. And then when I actually get around to partaking, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is right. Yeah. Should we talk about our sponsor? Yes. So, you guys, I'm really, really excited about today's sponsor. As um, So, our sponsor this week is Care Of. Um, and I find fi- figuring out which supplements and vitamins to take really, really intimidating. But, you know, you know that you should be taking supplements. Um, studies show that 90% of people fall short of the FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. So Care Of is this service that figures out which supplements are right for you. You start by taking this fun online quiz. It asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices, um, and it only takes five minutes. And then your supplements arrive like magic. Yeah, so once you take your quiz, they send you a month's worth of supplements. They're in daily packs, which I love. I love that. It's so great if you have a trip so you're not like lugging around a big pill case or like all of the individual bottles. I just love it because I can bring it with me. I don't like to take my vitamins first thing. I like to take them with food usually. Oh, okay. So if I'm on the go. So you can bring it with you. Yeah, I don't have to like put them in a baggie or something. I don't even, usually I would just not take them. So it makes it super easy. And the packs have fun facts on them too. I love the fun facts. Today I learned that the human eye can distinguish up to 10 million different colors. So I'm a huge nerd if you haven't already figured that out so then I wander around the rest of the day telling everyone my fun fact and being annoying yeah so they uh, make you a suggestion personalized suggestions based on the quiz you take but you can modify your pack at any time and they can also cater to vegan or vegetarian options as well so I'm really digging care of and that they kind of figured out my vitamin regimen for me without me having to take a multivitamin that I feel like don't doesn't have enough of anything. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, kind of like muddle through all the information online to figure out like what I should be taking based on what I want it to do for me. Yeah, exactly. So if you would like to try care of, you can get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit takecareof.com and enter code BOP. So again, 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit takecareof.com and enter code BOP at checkout. Yeah, so everyone should do that. The vitamins are great. Okay, should we move on to obsessions? Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? Okay, so I have a thing you can buy and a thing that you can't buy. So the thing love. That- <laughs> I'm obsessed with love. No, I'm not. 
You can buy a book about love, but you can't buy I'm a, real love. I'm a curmudgeon right now. Um, so the thing that you can buy is I bought this new Tarte eyeshadow palette. So I usually have like one, I, I'm not very good at eyeshadow or like intense makeup, but I usually have like one eyeshadow palette at a time. And I was traveling with an eyeshadow palette when I was in Boston like a month ago and I dropped it on the ground and shattered it. Mm. So a couple of weeks ago I went to Sephora and I got this palette from Tarte. And it's shaped like a pineapple. I don't know the name of it, but it's very distinctive. It's shaped like a pineapple, and it has a bunch of different colors in it. And there are some, like, really fun colors in there. Usually I just stick to, like, earth tones, but there's, like, some, like, pinky reds, and there's some, like, kind of greenish ones. Like, I'm not really selling this hard, but I am – I've kind of been enjoying, like – doing my makeup for, like, a night out. I love it. I feel like I'm, like, extending my color palette. Yeah. So I can't really tell you what it's called, but it's shaped like a pineapple. So like, you'll know when you see it, if you're interested. Cool. And it was cheap. I love Tarte. And all our products are all natural too. I know. Yeah. I know I'm into that. So then my thing that you can't buy is that I started rewatching Homeland. Have you? What is with you and rewatching and rereading? I was into Homeland until they killed Brody. Oh. And then I was like, I'm done. Um, Goodbye. And I started watching Billions. Oh, I haven't watched Billions. That has the same actor. I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's what's with me rewatching and like rereading. You love to rewatch and reread. I feel like it's comforting. Yeah. Like, don't you ever like rewatch episodes of Friends or? I do that with Sex and the City and Gossip Girl. Yeah, it's like there's something comforting about it. But anyway, um, last week I was looking up when Homeland was coming back because I thought it was going to be this fall, and I think it's not until this winter yeah um but I was looking it up and I was like you know I I feel like the first seasons were so long ago and they were so good and I was like I'm gonna rewatch them and I kind of just started where I was like oh I'm just gonna like watch one or two and I'm like deeply invested now even though I know what happens yeah but I've been on like a binge like watching Homeland that's what I did all day Saturday (laughs) that's really funny Apparently, I just, like, don't like new things. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many new things to watch. I don't Have know. you watched The Discovery think... of Witches? No, not yet. Hitha sent us the link, but then it got taken down before I watched it. Yeah, if you go to that. So, guys, a, a, there's a um, a Discovery of Witches is now turned into a TV show, which is available in the UK. Yes. But if you search it, there's a, there's a website that will let you illegally watch it. Wait, did you watch it? I watched four episodes. Is it good? It's okay. Ugh, that's so disappointing. It's one of those it's things where I, like, pictured. don't... Like, everyone is way more good-looking than I pictured them being in the book. Cause, and they have, um, what's her name? It's a beautiful blonde actress plays Diana. And I always pictured Diana as a brunette. I think they say that she has blonde hair and then it turns red at one point in the book. Oh. Well, but I have a huge crush on Matthew Good, who plays... Um, is his name Matthew? The, yeah. Yeah, the vampire guy. Oh, so the actors are great. But. I can't decide if I should watch it or not. I can't. It's like one of my favorite series, and I can't decide if watching a TV show if it was mediocre if it would ruin it. I mean, everyone on our email chain loves it. Okay, I might be just being a tough crowd. Okay, so moving on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh wow, Grace wants to tell you what she's obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, I want to talk about me. Okay, talk about you. So my obsession this week is Fenty Beauty as a lip gloss. I've I ordered a bunch of stuff from Fenty Beauty because I wanted to see what the hype was about because everyone like loves their highlighters and things and the highlighters are pretty good 
but they have a lip gloss. And you love lip gloss. So Becca and our friend Jackie love to make fun of how much I love lip gloss. Like, I think lip gloss is really pretty. Like, it makes you look youthful and vibrant, and I'm all about looking young. And she has one. The color is called Fenty Glow. It's called a gloss bomb. And I have to tell you, if Rihanna is making lip gloss, it must mean that lip gloss is cool. Can you put it on while I tell a story about you and lip gloss? Yes. I want to see it. Oh, the Olivia Palermo story? Yeah. Or was it Coco Rocha? It was no, it was Olivia Palermo. Yes, you can tell the story. So Jackie and I used to make fun of Grace for how much she liked lip gloss. And she was... This was at Bar. This was at Bar. She was trying to like prove a point or like make a joke or get back at us somehow and so she was just putting on like coat after coat of lip gloss like I put like 50 coats of lip gloss it was dripping off of my face it was so gross and like we sat kind of by the door and just as the moment as like Grace is like showing us what she's done to herself (laughs) Olivia Palermo walks in and like definitely like made eye contact with us what we were doing and we were like we have like we have no way to explain this yeah also like we're supposed to be like mature adults who are like in their 30s yeah and we were like you guys were in your 20s I was in my 30s even still like we weren't 23 yeah and we were like we're playing this game and I'm on 93 coats of lip gloss and like hello aren't you impressed with us (laughs) I think it was because we got sent some real janky lip gloss to the office and I was like look guys I can't even remember the context I just will always (laughs) remember that like you were mid lip gloss monster and yeah. Olivia Palermo just came in and was like what are you doing <laughs> lip gloss is cool guys I like the song lip gloss by Lil Mama do you like this lip gloss that's on me right now I actually do it's very nice it's like it has a color but it almost looks as if it could just be like your lips yeah it's really pretty yeah so you can also weigh in on the face group let's talk about lip gloss I think it's great Meh. I would rather hear if people think Hercules <laughs> is hot yeah don't We've forget a lot about to that. talk about so tell me <laughs> what you're obsessed with on Instagram. So my obsession is this account called Animals Doing Things, and it's just these funny animal videos. What are um, they doing? You would love it. Well, there's a dog pi- running through a pile of leaves. Like, there's just funny animal things. Yeah, I think I would love that. You would love it. It has two and a half million followers, so it's nothing new. But, but I love great. animals doing things. Yeah. It sounds like a simple pleasure. Yes. What is yours? So mine is uh, this account called Diet Starts Tomorrow, and... It's run by the Betches girls, and it's all these memes about, like, eating and diet, and it's, like, very basic girl memes that I don't usually, I don't see other places on the internet, but they have had some, like, killer ones recently. Are you pulling it up? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Do you have No, I don't have a fave yet. I just started. Okay. Well, anyway, they have very funny memes. Some of them are about, like, food and eating, but others are just, like, basic girl things. I like it. But I keep forwarding their memes to all of my friends. I'm, like, very into it. Um, Becca, what are you reading? I'm reading nothing. <laughs> Same. Knitting, Spoiler alert. I'm knitting gloves. I'm watching Homeland. I'm I'm not reading anything. I have been a very social creature, and um, I have not had a lot of time to read, and it was a real struggle just to read this. I'm going to get back into it. I got some really good books in the mail today. By saying that you've been a very social creature, does that mean you've murdered your best friend and taken uh-huh. over their social media? Yes. No. No. But just wondering. You know what I mean. Yes. Oh. Have to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, I... She's referring to one of our old books that we read called Social, called social creature. creature. Yeah. I need to get back on the reading train, too. 
Yeah. I, I feel really like now need that to it's cold them. out, yeah. it's like staying in weather. It's also like movie weather, though. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. If you're looking for a great next book to read, look how good I am at transitions. You're so good at transitions. And really this just not. this just shipped to me. I just <sighs> got it. Amazon told me that it was on its way to me. So in two weeks, on November 14th, we are going to read The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. So this is the follow-up to her much-beloved debut book, The Wedding Date, from last year. I loved The Wedding Date. Loved The Wedding Date. It's like a fun romantic comedy type book. So this one is set in the same universe, but it follows a whole different set of characters. So this book centers around Carlos, who's Drew's best friend from the wedding date. And while he's at a Dodgers game, he rescues a mysterious girl from unwanted attention after her idiot boyfriend proposes to her on the scoreboard after they've only been dating for a few months. So... They strike up a friendship, and unbeknownst to them, this is the beginning of their love story, or at least some serious lust. So this is an adult book. There's definitely some sex in it. It's our first romance book that we've done on this podcast. It is not. We've read a lot of romance. It's our first sexy romance. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. It's like steamy, but it still has great characters. I feel like The Wedding Date was like that. But we didn't read The Wedding Date on this podcast. I know, I know but I'm just saying it. Yeah. Yes. Similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love The Wedding Date. Yeah, if you love The Wedding Date, like, you know how sometimes when you read a second book, you're like, oh, it's not as good? Yeah. This one's great. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. So join us on November 14th for The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. And we'll be back with advice next week. And in the meantime, where can people follow you, Grace? So I'm at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. I'm at Becca M. Freeman, and I would like you to DM me there and tell me if you also think Hercules is a sexy cartoon character. <laughs> You're really not going to let this go. I like It's a creepy thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch Hercules whenever I have free time, which Ugh. isn't going to be for a while. Great music in Hercules. Okay. So, cool. if you haven't watched it, I also recommend that. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll, instead of doing a book in two weeks, we'll just do a movie. Well, we already picked the book. Yeah, maybe in four weeks. Maybe. You never know. We're getting weird. Yeah. We're both really tired and a little stressed, so we're going to say goodbye. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.